think that covers all of okay, the it looks like logistic stuff. My levels are okay, and then I'm just going to start. Hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Whenever you're ready, okay. we'll, uh, we'll be able to work. Uh, Quila, do you want to make sure the picture will come up? Just do a quick of her palm. <sighs> yeah, that's you what remember I'm why we're here. Make sure okay. That everything's functional. See, Quila, this is... what you missed was an appearance by Holly okay. and Joe's little girl. Yes, oh my golly, <laughs> the cute. The yeah. Okay, cute. everything seems good. Thank you. All right, so I'll mute, and you guys can start whenever you're ready. Holly, are you ready? Yes, and I'm recording already. So, um, are you going to hold that mic the whole time like a true comedian? Is that okay, or do you want me to? Hundred percent. Okay, great. I'm just curious. No, we're not doing any video. Is everything's fine? Yeah, great. I was like texted Atlanta, being like, I have wet hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. The first thing I said to you was, "Our hair is wet." <laughs> well, I don't know. If you, I mean, I feel like Portland. You have curly hair. This I do. is the thing is that like you're supposed to let it air dry now and yeah I'm like, do i have to like block out a whole day of drying <laughs> pretty much yeah I'm i I, I get out of the shower and i just comb it and then i leave the house and i assume that by the time i get wherever i'm going whether it's three minutes away or two days away that by that time it'll look fine so i don't put a lot of thought into it myself oh i have to curl this once it's this oh. is just a suggest i have a wavy here anyways this is my <laughs> 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 so anyways it'll be a whole process and i'm just lucky i could squeeze this in well, thank you for squeezing us oh, in. No. Of course, of course. My hair schedule is just packed, ram I'm saying. It's a <laughs> All right, and Quitla has left. Oh, it's back. All right, perhaps we shall begin. I love this. Great. You don't love this yet. You'll well, tell us in an hour if you love this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. It is another episode of Hollywood Palms. And you know who's here today, you guys? It is bedimpled Canadian funny lady, Holly Prazoff is here. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi. I feel like there should be a lot of applause, but only with your actual palms, not with your fingers. Just <laughs> oh, your I palms. love that. Yeah. Your Hollywood palms. So, Holly, do you know why you're here today? Um, <laughs> did, did anybody tell you what we're going to do to you? Yeah. I mean, I guess we're going to, like, find out more about me, which is kind of my favorite subject. So really? I'm ready to go. Yeah. All right. Excellent. I hope that your cute dimples show up somewhere on your palm and we can find out how do I get some because <laughs> um, that would be great. Uh, also, <laughs> I know I mentioned that you are not only bedimpled and can and Canadian, and I think bedimpled Canadian might be your... Um, like your screen name somewhere. Okay. Feel okay. Free to use that. Feel okay, free. I love that. Sure. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but also that you are one funny lady and you've been that way for a good long while. So not that yeah. I'm calling you aged. No, I'm just I saying mean... that you've been. <laughs> no, I've been around the block comedy wise. Oh. I'm, I'm prepared to share that information with you. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. And I expect you to be funny every time you open your mouth, even if you're crying and Quila has hurt your feelings, I want there to be humor. Okay, great. No problem. Okay, okay good. <laughs> no further notes on that. Um, and I mean, I guess we can just bring Quitly in here to take a look at that hand of yours here in our snazzy Hollywood Palms lounge, as we like to refer to it. I mean, I do anyway. Nobody else says that. But um, we're going to look at your real life hand that's attached to your real life person. And he's going to tell us all about your past your present we may touch on some future business and i just want you to know that i think this is all complete malarkey 
And yeah. mm -hmm. And I think you should jump in at any time and feel free to tell him, no, you're completely wrong. I mean, even if he's like, your middle name is Susan and you're like, yeah, it is. But I want you to be like, no. Okay. Okay. I wish it was Susan. Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I know anyone whose middle name is Susan. I just, I mean, maybe I do. It doesn't flow well. It's not a flowy name in the middle. It's not. It's not. Later, you can tell me what your middle. Maybe we'll get Quitely to guess, and we'll find out what your middle name actually is. Okay, great. I love that. That could be fun. Maybe it's etched right there in your hand. I don't know because, again, not my thing. But I think we should bring him in and meet him. And you feel free to grill him and be as ornery as you want to be, because because Canadian. I know you're gonna have to (laughs) dig deep, find that, (laughs) find your ornery. All right, let's find him. Quitely, guess what? What's going on? Holly Prasoff is here. Oh, Holly, hello. Hi. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> Welcome to the table, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and she brought her hand, which is convenient. That's going to be the most useful thing for this. Uh, yeah. And, yeah well, all of our po- Also, did you know that the the show was named after you, Holly? Did you? Were you oh, aware of that? Oh, I, God. Thank you. Huge fan. Really surprised I wasn't your first guest. But listen, I'm busy, guys. <laughs> that, yeah, that is kind of, it's a logistical oversight on our part. But yeah, that was. I. Uh, we can blame producer Rob for that one. Uh, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, so Holly, tell me, have you ever had any experience like this before? A palm reading or a psychic or tarot cards or the thing where they do like the, the tea leaves in a cup and then you're like, will I have a boyfriend or or I don't, I don't know how that part works. Oh, that you mean like, like when you twist the stem on your apple and you say the alphabet and then that tells you the little paper foldy. Oh, the little, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, wait. Oh, what about that little red cellophane fish that you stick on your hand and it like curls up and then suddenly you're dead? Holly, any of those have you? (laughs) Well, so I have had multiple psychic readings. No Um, way. Yeah. Not by the same psychic. No, um, oh. I don't know if we should get into this now, but my parents are sort of hippies. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we would spend a lot of time in a place called Lilydale, Rochester. And yeah, it was in Rochester. Okay. And it is like a psychic village. Oh, I've so, never heard of this. Oh, my God. So, so you don't like, have to make reservations. They, I just have a room ready for you. <laughs> well, it's where the psychic summer. So it's like where they go for vacation. No. And you go to this little area in the middle of the woods and there's lots of tree stumps to sit on. And every day, like a psychic will come and like do readings from people like anybody here, you know, have a dead Jason in their life or something. I don't know. Sure, sure. So we would do that type of stuff. And then we would also see psychics and I like as a family. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely my mom and I, yes. And we've done like astrologers. Like my parents are um, very, spiritual hippie type people this is delightful and i feel like what we need to do now is actually get your parents here oh please real quick we can call them let's call them so it's it's kind of left me like it's funny like you know like 10 years ago people like have you tried kombucha and i'm like yeah my parents used to make it in my basement like 20 years ago (laughs) so it's like yeah (laughs) so like anything that like so you're like a spiritual hipster yeah you were there first exactly and i'm kind of less accepting of it in a weird way all right so then the psychics (laughs) was there any particular experience this has no bearing on the palm reading by the way this is my own like nosiness i just want to know uh were any of the readings like mind-blowing or were there like seeing so many psychics 
I'm wondering, were you starting to see a pattern of like, I see what they're doing. Like, I see how they're doing this. Or was it like, this is even more supernatural and amazing? Yeah, like for me, the psychics never hit that hard. Okay. But for, I I once went to an astrologer who did like a more accurate reading mm-hmm. of sort of my personality traits and like specifically my relationship with my mom. But yeah, it's hard. The psychics, it's a hard one. Okay. Okay. It's, it's, it's hard for me to, I don't know. They do feel like they're doing something that's a bit tricky. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm palm reading here and I am. <laughs> also sort of yeah. leaning in that direction of like, I think this is all kind of nonsense, including palm reading. What I like about palm reading, uh, especially the my own method, if I can toot my own horn. Palm reading yeah, horn? Yeah, if I can toot, your toot palm my own flute here. Uh, I, I talk through what my interpretation is and sort of why I'm arriving at a conclusion or an interpretation or whatnot. I try to walk you through what I'm doing uh, because I, it's sort of a collaborative effort. Like I, I, I don't know exactly what I'm saying or what these things mean. So I do rely on you to sort of help me if something rings true or if I'm going in a completely wrong direction. I can, you know, change up like, oh, I think my interpretation is wrong and Portland is 100% correct. That has never happened. I'm just throwing that out there as a hypothetical. It could happen. Oh, maybe today's the day. Okay. (laughs) Holly's on my side. (laughs) Okay. So uh, that that being said, let's let's have a look at your palm here. Uh, I I have an order that I read things usually. Uh, How I do that is I'm looking at the four major lines on the palm, the lifeline, fate line, Headline and heartline. You don't need to remember these things. I will go through them, as Portland said in excruciating detail. Uh, oh, he'll come back to it. <laughs> over and over, it turns out. Uh, so, looking at your palm, uh, one of the first things I'm actually going to go out of order of what I usually wow, do okay. because I noticed something um, unique about your palm that I haven't really seen in in a in a long time. Yikes! Okay. What it is? Uh, I mean, I guess it's a. Ch- that doesn't mean it's negative, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. But it, but it I, mean, is, I mean, look at him. You know, we'll, like okay. we'll find out. <laughs> I don't want to give it all up right now, but okay. So the thing that it's two things really. The first thing is uh, your heart line, which starts underneath your pinky and curves up towards your index finger, and your headline, which goes in the opposite direction. So heart and headline go in opposite directions across your palm. What I notice about them is that there is a fairly large gap between them. Uh, More often I'll see a headline that like cuts close to the heart line and then maybe dips away or something like that. This gap and the fact that there's very few lines going on inside of that gap is very unusual and unique to this uh to palm reading and to uh your palm in general uh so what does that mean so the heart line is uh giving me information about how you um your relationships with things emotional connections to things could be people could be things Uh, I often say if you are very religious or spiritual, that might be an emotional connection of yours, and those sorts of things should register in your palm. 
your headline, which again is the bottom of the two, your headline is more about how you process information and decision-making and things like that. So head-related versus more emotional-related things. Uh, and so that there is a, a gulf distance between these two things would lead me to ask... I, okay, I guess one of the things is, would you say... Pete, you're terrifying me right now. I don't <laughs> no, know how Holly is feeling about that. Would you say, <laughs> Holly, that you have... It's, it, it's got to oh be two sides of this coin. <laughs> is it either trust issues with people and emotional connections, or are you instantly connecting to people all the time to the point where they're like, I need like personal space. I need like, could you take a step back <laughs> a little bit? This it's the second one. For it's sure. the second oh one. My okay. Gosh. Okay. Yeah. And I hope like, I feel like I've taken time in my life to like develop the skills when I need to like back off, sure. but I am definitely a person who's going through the world being like, connect with me, connect, yeah. connect. Will you connect? Can we connect? Okay. So, okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> then, then, then I would say Portland that's that's good, right? That's not a Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's not a negative. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, the, uh why why I come up with either one of those interpretations? Uh I would if I had done things in order, maybe I would have been able to lean more towards one or the other. The reason why I'm saying that uh is there's usually uh like I said a closeness between your head and your heart, even though they're always in opposition on your palm, there's usually a connection there. And there, for you, there is some kind of a disconnect where you are going to be 100% in with your emotions. And as you said, like you want to connect with everything. And it is apparently at odds with maybe what your head is telling you or like what the information is telling you like you're you're wanting to make these connections despite uh like i don't know red flags you're seeing or something <laughs> like you're choosing to ignore information in favor of emotional connections okay that makes sense okay. to me all right uh do you get a lot of complaints about it i mentioned like people were telling like the hypothetical was what, like, like in her in her suggestion box that she had I mean, yeah. in her personal life are people like needing to no. reinforce boundaries with you or anything like that or I, I mean i guess that would be a difficult thing for you to judge but this is i mean the danger i would argue that the balance between these two kind of allow me to like respect boundaries okay. because I think one thing people like about me is that like, I like to make a lot of deeper connections and I don't just want to talk about surface level things. Mm -hmm. And I think like that comes from like a bunch of things. Like I'm an only child. So want to make connections wherever possible, but also my parents are not that way in a weird way. My mom is more than my dad. So in a weird way, like, I'm the social one of my family. And in a weird way, everybody thinks I'm the weird one, which, cause I am like the only one that's like that. And it's like, no guys, I'm like the normal, like warmer kind of. Yeah. Like I'm, makes- I'm human and the rest of you are robots. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I feel like, I don't know. I hope I'm not overstepping people's boundaries, but I, I feel like I'm always trying to like, 
help, which might not be the best. Uh, yeah, thing. I don't. I don't see this as overstepping. Uh, I see this as like wanting to give of yourself a lot to a lot of different emotional connections. I'm not seeing a pushiness here or anything. Why, why I'm saying that is there aren't a lot of lines that cross through your heart line. Any line like that would imply an emotional conflict of some kind or an exchange of that emotional connection that is maybe somehow at odds with you know it, look itself. just because when, the, when we met she started immediately braiding my hair and telling me how pretty i am i don't think <laughs> that's because she's a bad person uh, yeah, I, I appreciate I the connection <laughs> right, so yeah to be clear i don't i don't think it's you being overbearing i think it's you l like living an emotional connection like to the 11 where i think other people like like the opposite end of that spectrum is trust issues so i mean we met seven minutes ago and we've already planned our next vacation together but i don't <laughs> think that's a negative yeah, yeah. well and i would see the negative in it is actually being like uh, i exhaust myself like i don't oh, okay. i am not a true friend friend to myself okay i am like i have to remind myself all the time like i'm not a therapist not trained have no training relax mm -hmm. not your problem like i will like you know go out for coffee with a friend and they will say like today's a hard day for me because like this is the day like a family member passed away seven years ago and in my head i'm immediately like i gotta make this lunch amazing and i gotta make them forget about all their problems and it's like i have to then be like no not your job not your vibe like you don't have to take on other people's stuff uh, it's interesting that you say it like that we're going to get into that in a little bit too. Okay, i was going to say let's move on because this all sounds a little too familiar uh, <laughs> well okay so i'm glad holly that you said that i think that i i agree with your own instinct about yourself i think you're right about yourself i was trying to lean towards something that, that you you lean in extra hard for emotional connections the second thing that i noticed then uh sort of segueing into that it's still about your heart line again that's the the top line uh underneath your pinky heads across towards your index finger uh what i also look for in your heart line are a bunch of uh little eyelet shapes where the line breaks apart and comes back together uh forming like a little daisy chain of of eyelets um typically uh, I really don't, I don't, I don't see that. I, I don't see any of those patterns. There's kind of a little bit early on here, but your, your heart line is deeply cut. It's nice, smooth upward curve. All of that is great, but no eyelets means you are giving, apparently you are giving equal weight to every emotional connection you're having. You're giving everything like the full gusto uh, as opposed to perhaps metering out your emotional energy, which I think is what you sort of just touched on, that you are, in fact, just shocking blasting everyone <laughs> all <Yeah>. the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I would say, like, in dating, if we're looking at, like, a love line, obviously I'm married now, but in dating that was not the best. You don't want to come full throttle mm -hmm. when you're, like, on a date with somebody being like, here we go. I love you. It's like, <laughs> right. okay. it, it took me a long time to relax and be like, you don't need to like do that. 
I, I like to hear that. I think it also reflects on your line. You can see at the start of your heart line, uh, it's more of a, a lightning bolt pattern where there's a bunch of little lines that intertwine almost like an unbraided like rope. And then about where we are with you, uh, the line calms down. Uh, it, it is less chaotic looking. There's a bunch of less loose threads coming off of it. It's just more uh, confidence <laughs> of a line. Uh, so I think that also holds true. I, I, I like to hear that. Uh, there's a little thing here that we'll perhaps get into later. There's a little storm of lines that happens on your heart line. I suspect uh, it happens on your other lines as well. So we'll get into that. But anyway, let's head back over to the other side of your palm. Uh, we're going to look at your lifeline. Your lifeline starts between your thumb and index finger, sort of in the crease between your thumb and in index finger, and it hooks around your thumb pad, going down towards your wrist. So starts up by the thumb, hooks, hooks around towards your wrist. I like to see a nice smooth semicircle around your thumb pad. No, no plateaus or anything like that. Uh, the length of the lifeline, nothing to do with how long you'll live. That's not a thing that we can tell. Okay, good. Uh, but, <laughs> but the length of it and certainly the overall shape of it, what I am looking at is uh, it talks about the quality of your life, how good you are at making yourself happy. Uh, and so Whoa, that's okay. what we mean by life, quality of life. Uh, it's pretty barbed wire kind of chaotic pattern up top at the start that's pretty normal for everyone that's essentially everyone's childhood is uh, is chaos which is full of barbed yeah, wire yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. you you worked on a ranch i take it with barbed wire now uh, <laughs> exactly right, right. exactly uh so what i noticed though uh it looks like your lifeline is pretty straight about midway through, like the middle third of it, and then something apparently occurs, and you can see the shape completely changes on your palm, and it turns into a nice big semicircle around the bottom, the heel of your palm. Uh, and so there's, again, something that occurs right about that point, right about the end of the two-thirds mark on your lifeline that then denotes there's a huge change in your life. Uh, this is probably huh? related. You, you got to get a little more specific. <laughs> you but you're giving us you nothing. Will. She worked on the ranch. That's all we know so far. <laughs> I'm sure that thing is related to that other point that I pointed out earlier in your heart line. Uh, I'm almost now positive. We're going to find that thing uh, somewhere else in your palm as well. Okay, so okay. the plateau part, uh, what that represents, again, the lifeline is quality of life. The plateau then represents you are expending more energy uh, despite your own happiness. You are expending energy on things that aren't directly making you happy. It's kind of a sacrifice or perhaps a burden you have to carry. That's the sort of thing that... Uh, it would, and by energy, of course, I mean like literally effort, not like crystal energy or anything like that. Uh, so it looks like you've had a very long pattern in, according to your lifeline, of perhaps putting other people's needs before your own at your own expense. Uh, uh, another reason why I say that, uh, these lines that radiate out from your thumb pad, uh, you have... Uh, 
a, a, a number of them that are deeply cut. Yeah, I was wondering about that. It looked very intense. It is very intense <laughs> on your palm, especially. Those radiating lines generally represent uh, uh, burdens or expectations that are being put upon you. Uh, all those external expectations or burdens uh, are always uh, at odds with your quality of life. These lines are going uh, perpendicular across your lifeline or trying to. And that sort of symbol, again, everything that's perpendicular like that would represent some kind of a conflict, some kind of a, an exchange that has to happen. Uh, so that's what those radiating lines represent. Uh, what we notice that's interesting for you, of, of course, there are, there are a lot of them on your palm and they're deeply cut. We'll, we'll address that in a little bit. But the first thing then about those lines is I feel like you have a number of them that actually cross past your lifeline. It's typical to see these lines. It's typical to see them try to approach the lifeline. I think it's a little more rare to see so many of them that touch or cross through your lifeline uh, like we can see here. Uh, so what those are are burdens that have snuck past any kind of coping mechanism that you have to deal with these responsibilities, these expectations. It seems like early on, up to about, I don't know, maybe 25, 26 years old, uh, there were a lot of heavy hands in your life in that people wanted you to do particular things or you were trying to please a lot of different people, perhaps. Uh, people is with air quotes. It could be something, some kind of an entity in your life was directly trying to affect your quality of life and apparently was often successful. The way these lines look, it looks like it's something family related. I would agree it's with that, yeah. perhaps a person and it's perhaps critical of you and you were still trying to appease whatever that thing was? I mean, so I'm an only child. Right. So that's always automatically like pressure on me to like fulfill every dream my parents have had and it's just me <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also like working through therapy right now have discovered like I'm something called a parentified child a who no, I don't know a what parenti that is. a parentified child so it can be quite extreme like this is not my situation but it's like your parents were not around and you're taking care you're stepping into the parent role and you're taking care of a sibling mm -hmm. my parentification was more that um my parents, without really knowing it, were very clear in all their messaging to me that they did not want me to be a child because children are annoying. Oh, wow. oh interesting. <laughs> so interesting. I basically was very much told, like, if I throw a tantrum, if any of those kinds of things happen, that's a no-go for my parents. And I basically became a little adult. and you know, it's beautiful. I have a close connection with them, but it definitely um, took away some of my childhood um, because I was not only trying to be an adult, but also trying to like please them in my actions, which like then meant like I didn't have a lot of friends as a kid because kids don't want to hang out with little adults. Um, so I think that was definitely something that uh, really shaped who I was as a, do you as a feel person. Like 
as as the little adult in your family, like if your parents had friends over or you would you know interact with other adults, do you feel like you got a certain amount of positive attention? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like what if I it's funny, my mom recently now that I have a kid um, was like, I realized you weren't a bad kid. I was told I was a bad kid. Oh, oh, OK. She said, I realized you were just a kid. Hmm. And that was like actually very meaningful to me that she acknowledged it because I was really as a child, like I have no grip on my emotions. I have no like logical brain that can explain how I'm feeling to Mm -hmm. myself. So I just felt very like alone and unsafe because I felt like I couldn't express myself. So. So again, I think we need to get Holly's mom on the phone. Yeah. (laughs) Bonnie, (laughs) let's do this. I want to take this a slightly different direction today, Quitla. And uh, I need to have a, need to have a little chat. Well, and we've talked about it now and I think it's okay, but like, it definitely shaped who I was as a child. Mm-hmm. And then I'm curious to see, there was like another sort of event that pushed me towards adulthood very early on, but it would have been earlier than 26. Okay. It was Let's, around. Uh, I, oh, I don't, okay. I don't okay. want you to. Yeah. Hey, I, love I, this. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate uh, the openness. Uh, that is in fact going to be the, the next thing that I'm talking about. Uh, so we, uh, we discuss what all of these radiating lines are. Uh, I think the I think we've identified what like this first batch are. Uh, according to your poem, like this well affected you. This affected you well into adulthood, and I think we've also yes. established that. Uh, and again, they were like critical of you. I think calling you a, a bad kid is probably what these lines are. Like that's that makes sense. So then, uh, again, the the thumb pad itself represents family. Uh, and that's broad uh, because it could be just anyone you are close to who also can weigh in on your quality of life. Uh, but so keeping that in mind, there's another deeply cut line uh, earlier in your lifeline. It comes from underneath your thumb and it heads over this way. It crosses your lifeline and keeps going right over to your headline and kind of crosses that as well. Where your lifeline and headline split, if if you recall earlier, I was saying there's like a barbed wire pattern. Uh, at that barbed wire pattern, it's your head and your lifeline intertwined. And that's what creates that sort of chaotic symbol that's happening there. Where it splits is generally what's considered to be like that moment where you like grow up. Your, your life and your personality essentially separate. You become a person and your quality of life, how you live your life, becomes a distinct, separate thing uh, that can, you know, ha- have a, like interplay there. Uh, I would expect to see that barbed wire childhood line be much longer on your palm, and it is, it is minuscule on, on your palm. So I think that speaks to what you t- you told us that you had to take care of yourself. You grew up early to take care of yourself. And that's why that split happens. There apparently was, though, a moment earlier in your life that uh, precipitated that, oh, I think I'm on my own moment. And it, I, if I were to guess, if that's maybe around 25, 26, 
This looks to be roughly half of that. So 10 or 11, maybe. Yep. That's right. Uh, when it happened. Yep. Okay. Uh, Portman, <laughs> would you weigh in on this? please? I'm not giving you any points until you get a little more specific. I, the, the year, the, the number. I think that was pretty. You no, wanted it like no. the October, uh, you know. Tell first. me what happened. Okay. Holly, are, are you yeah, saying I'm, what we're talking about? Because yeah. I don't know what we're talking about. Like when I was 10 years old, um, I got very sick out of nowhere. And it was very hard for my parents to kind of accept because I started losing a lot of weight. I was really sick. And it took us a while, um, but I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was 10. Oh, wow. And it was like a thing where I was like down to like 40 pounds when they admitted me to the hospital. Yikes. And like two things sort of happened. There was like a very clear moment where um, I had my baby blanket with me at the hospital. And once some one of the staff members put it with the rest of the laundry and then we like never saw it again. Wow. So it was like a very clear, like, that's it. Socialized medicine, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, they'll lose your blankets. It's free. But <laughs> so it was like a very clear, like, you're an adult now. You don't have your baby blanket. Oh, golly. And I think, you know, that was just a, a big time in my life where, yeah, I was no longer a child. And I had to start, like, making in a weird way my parents were very much like what should we do as a family and it was a lot of like intense decisions where uh -huh. I was kind of making life or death dis de decisions with my family mm. but also it is where I started like officially doing comedy to comfort people oh wow mm -hmm. so like the story is that like it was when Saddam Hussein took a bunch of hostages. <laughs> Hilarious. Go, go okay. On. Funniest <laughs> thing that's ever happened for sure. Um, and people would come visit me and it was probably very alarming for people to see me because I had lost a lot of weight and I looked very different and I could sense people being uncomfortable. So I would do Saddam Hussein impressions for them. No. Yeah. I mean, no. Definitely I would get get me canceled now, but it was like very much the first time I started using comedy as a way to um, diffuse uncomfortableness. Mm -hmm. I know we're talking about your uncomfortableness in this sort of traumatic event in your childhood. Can you do an impression for us right now? <laughs> Look, it involved putting a rag on my head. Oh. Okay. Uh -huh. Go on. Definitely. I, all I remember is it was a bunch of British tourists he had held hostage. And so he would keep asking the kids, like they would put out like news where he would go and visit them to make it seem like he wasn't that bad a guy. Yeah, and so yeah. a lot of the things were him just being like, do you want some cookies was like uh -huh. the big thing he kept asking them on the news. Yeah. Oh, babe, this is why they took your blanket away. So you wouldn't wrap it around <laughs> your fucking head. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They were like, stop her, like we... <laughs> so yeah, okay. so that, that was definitely like a big thing in my life that like, again, pushed me towards um, adulthood. I... <laughs> yeah. That, I, I, I find that sort of thing. Super fascinating, Holly. I, I have to admit, first, your story is fascinating to me. Like, I, I feel, uh, I like the strength of it, that you were 
you sort of rose to the occasion, even if it wasn't ideal for like anybody. Uh, I I like I like hearing that. I think it's inspirational, to be honest. Holly. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I do. I don't know if you got into this with Joe, but your husband Joe Winger, yes, my that husband we've Joe. spoken to you before. Oh, that Joe. Yes. Oh, that he's, Joe. Remember him? He's, he's um less of an open book than me, so I don't know. Yeah, I have to finish listening to his episode, but <laughs> <laughs> golly, thanks. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I hear him talk all day. Uh, fair point, yeah, fair I, point. You're very busy, I understand. Um, uh, so he, his mother has Crohn's. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. And that affected him very intensely during his childhood because he was really afraid that his mom was going to die. Mm -hmm. And again, a thing that he used to sort of help diffuse the situation of feeling uncomfortable you know, because a lot of people were like knew that he was the little boy with the sick mom is he would use humor as a oh. way to sort of make everybody feel better. And it's very interesting that we are kind of intertwined at that level of like this, this really is the first Crohn's disease love connection I've ever heard of. <laughs> it's very romantic. It was say. it's very funny. It's funny that this has brought us together. Oh, uh, thank you for sharing all of that with us, of course. Uh, so we're going to we're going to move on then. Uh, I think we've identified all of what's going on in that like first half of your lifeline. So we're moving down here and we're coming up to the point, that point I keep bringing up that was in your heart line. There's the point on your lifeline, something occurs and then your lifeline curves out and looks fantastic, right? It's got a tan, <laughs> uh, you know, a whole new outlook on life. Uh, so something occurs here. We're I would say we're very close to what this is. I feel like this is perhaps in the near future for you, uh, but there's some, something occurs. It has very much to do with these radiating lines from your thumbs. So it's something to do, quote unquote, family related. Uh, it has something to do with some expectation or perhaps a burden that you have to you have to carry something you're shouldering. Uh, this burden appears to be uh, inching ever closer to you. It's something that uh, I'll use the word looming. I feel like Portland's going to make a face. What? This is just my face. <laughs> so this is, this is looming. something to come, a burden something, to come. I, I think it's something <laughs> to come. You can tell me, of course, I'm wrong. If I say something that, you know, like, oh, I think I know what this is. It actually occurred, you know, a year ago or whatever. I, I think this is in the future, near future, within five years. Okay. Uh, it's this is something the burden family... of Christmas yet to come. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Uh, it's, I, I, based on what I'm seeing, and again, it's these radiating lines that are all, it looks like they're building to a crescendo of some kind, and there's one particular line that makes it through and actually like touches your lifeline and it looks like it even goes a little past it. So it makes me think that you're perhaps aware of what this looming thing is, this looming responsibility, uh, and that it's, it's just inching ever closer to you. Um, for example, this may not be completely related to you. This is a hypothetical. It would be if you think you're going to have to take care of uh, parents or a parent or something like that or some family member that you foresee having to be responsible for them like if that kind of a thing is 
looming over you that that's what this is and all of my words are sounding bad but what's interesting to me is that your lifeline improves after whatever this responsibility is <laughs> wow <laughs> uh yeah so i i have no analogy to express what could possibly be a burden you have to shoulder that then improves your quality of life like night and day compared to the rest of your lifeline something a burden or an event or something happens that essentially frees you is what it looks wow. like. Wow. <laughs> so you are going to have uh, your your friend is going to die, which is sad, but turns out they left you a million zillion dollars. Wow. Which is happy. Great. Yeah, Thank that's you. great. I didn't even right? know my friends had that kind of money. <laughs> you know, see, that's why it's so shocking. That's why it makes an impression on your palm. Yeah. I mean, I think we all anticipate taking care of our parents or like, you know, one when the other one passes. And that is definitely like, <coughs> my dad has cancer. Oh, this is like, I'm we're going to get into bummer zone. Yeah. My dad has cancer. Um, and in a weird way, they were living in Hawaii. And my mom, like two years ago was like, I feel isolated here. I don't want to stay here. And my dad was like, this is where I want to die. Don't move me. This is where I want to be. And somehow my mom got my dad here. They live 12 minutes away from me now. Wow. And in a weird way, my dad has like completely been like, I love LA. I don't miss Hawaii at all. Oh, wow. Okay. And we've been able to have this like new, beautiful relationship as a family. Like... I don't know. Yeah. It's like my cousin and I are close. We are like siblings. Cause we don't, you know, that's just, you know, I'm an only child. Yeah. And I think we've both wished for this kind of like traditional family, mm -hmm. whatever that means, like both of us together. And his mother who lived in Marin was very much like, you can't move me. I'm never leaving. And it's like, she's here now. She lives in oh, a wow. assisted living she absolutely loves it. She has fallen in love with a man named Tibor. And <laughs> like my mom, like now they have been like at points in our life, we lived a block away from each other and they would stop talking for two years. Hmm. So it's like now my mom goes to visit my aunt twice a week. They have all this like beautiful time together. And in a weird way, I keep saying to my cousin, like, this is the family we've always wanted. So would you say that Tibor is like what brought the family all together? <laughs> he united yes. you guys. <laughs> yes, yes, Tibor. I will say he is a hot commodity. They're not that many men at, <laughs> at, a, at a living senior living facility. And I just want to say, like, my aunt is 10 years older than him and she got him. You know, nice, what I mean? nice oh, one. She got that silver fox. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and like, it's like she's in a wheelchair and he has one arm that doesn't work. And they like, he's not allowed to wheel her around, but like, they've figured out ways to like. Oh, they have figured out ways. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to segue real quick here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know more about Tibor. We all get Tibor on the phone. <laughs> We're going to get him on, on the show next. Uh, okay. So I, I will say, I think. I was wrong about the interpretation of this being in the near future. This sounds like that thing that there was an event that probably was a lot of stress building up to it. And then it occurs and then it worked out 
uh, I, I mean, I think that's what I was. Well, I mean, that's what she said. Her dad had cancer. They were living quite far away. Then they moved closer, and yeah. now things are great because Tibor. Yes. Because <laughs> well, yes. and I, I was always hoping, like when my dad got cancer, I kept being like, "We're going to have these beautiful, like deep, connective heart to hearts," because that's mm-hmm. something I love, and that's not how my dad works. But we've been able to like go to new restaurants together in LA and do things like that, that we enjoy doing together. And yeah, it's like so weird, like that it worked out in a weird way. And look, Mm -hmm. knock on wood, like there's still time, but like it, it's been very lovely. You are now the new like uh, case example uh, of this kind of line. I've never run into this before. So you're now going to be the analogy that I tell other people. Uh, I will be sure wow. to mention Tibor, of course. <laughs> yes, uh, of course. Is there a Let's Tibor call it the Tibor line. <gasps> <gasps> yes, obviously. The Tibor line it is. There it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so bless Tibor for, for giving you the freedom uh, to – so, yeah, after this point then, which now we're saying is the, the recent past, right? Yes. Yeah, they moved yeah, here okay. in June, so, yeah. After this point, wow. your your lifeline, like I said, looks fantastic. It great. is a great <laughs> curve. There's no breaks in it for you. You apparently now have some kind of a newfound freedom uh, and the energy to focus on things that will make you happy and, and they will come to you, which is great. All I could ask for. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to your fate line. Uh, for the fate line, by the way, it's not about uh, predestiny or anything like that. The fate line here is more about uh, the the path you choose to follow in life. Uh, okay. Have you set for yourself waypoints, and are you hitting those waypoints in your life, or are you deviating from that path and getting distracted, and et cetera, et cetera? So that's what the, the fate line is more about. Usually it's career-centric, but it's, again, just about a path you're following in life. Okay. Um, the fate line is supposed to start the center of your wrist at the bottom of your palm, uh, center, and then go straight up towards uh, your like middle and ring finger. Uh, would be an ideal ideal or fate line. Uh, yours is a is a little uh, a little. Like, where even is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a little it's a little faint. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I think I think it's. I think it starts sort of intertwined right now with your lifeline. Uh, and then we see it pick up and then I can see it happening here. Uh, so it, it's the majority of the faint line is where I would expect it. It's oddly faint compared to the rest of your lines. Compared to, for example, those radiating lines, which are like deep canyons on your palm, your fate line is uh, baby smooth. Uh, interesting. Uh, wow, a faint have, fate line, okay. Yeah, you also have another mm, sort of a competing fate line that starts off on the other side of your palm, the heel of your palm, and heads up this way. They both sort of converge on a point at the uh, center of your palm. Uh, also very unusual for that to occur. Are they going to fight? Are they going to fight? The fates are going to fight? Well, usually <laughs> that's what it is. That they Just will the fight fury for dominance, of the fates? And then one will eat the other, like on your palm. No, no, it's it's not like that. But, don't make it, uh, Queen, it's don't make it weird. They seem Jeez. to have 
equal weights on your palm. It's unusual that they converge. This point where they converge, uh, although you don't have that exact symbol, usually I'll see a X shape right there when these other features are present. That X shape, loosely, I'll refer to it as like a stigmata shape. What it represents is that you will often sacrifice your own something in favor of like a pursuit. You will sacrifice energy for a passion of some kind. You'll have some kind of a artistic perfection that you are pursuing. And because of that, you expend energy to achieve whatever that unattainable thing is. You don't, you, you don't necessarily have that symbol, but you have something very adjacent to that. Uh, okay, so you have two fate lines. The, the thumb pad area is responsibility and expectations. The other pad, the heel of your palm, would be uh, irresponsible things. Things that you think other people would think are irresponsible, if that makes any sense. And it, it's, a, it's a judginess, but it's usually from an external point. So you have two fates, two passions that you were following. One was clearly tied to your lifeline, which we've already established was clearly tied to uh, a lot of criticism and expectations and responsibility that we've talked about. So you were apparently riding that fine line of trying to satisfy whatever those expectations were. Uh, and then you also clearly had a passion that you gave equal weight to and you've carried it with you. You were doing both at the same time. I think we've also established that. It was perhaps comedy. Like that was that was the thing that you, you sort of did as a, perhaps starting off as a coping mechanism, but like you turned it into a thing. It was something you became passionate about. Uh, it is still career related. For some reason... You have not, Holly, tell me if this is right. Okay. For some reason, you have not resolved the fact that perhaps pursuing comedy or that sort of creative effort is worthwhile. Is like, is there a voice telling you, like, that's silly? I should get a real job as a cashier at a grocery store or, <laughs> or something. Like, is that still a thing with you? Or, or wait, or, or is it like, um, I can't now suddenly think of the thing the uh, where you don't think you deserve. Uh, the... Oh, like imposter syndrome? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Or is it that? It's funny. I would say it's like I was lucky because my parents were kind of out there. They were like, do comedy. Like they were never like, oh, I was okay. never told like, that's not something you should do. So I was very lucky in that aspect. And like, it's funny because I would say like, I, my husband, Joe, definitely has more of an imposter syndrome and <laughs> I don't feel, which I'm always like, what do you mean? You're the best. Like, what do you mean? You feel the opposite of that. Is that <laughs> yeah. And so in a weird way, I have like gone through life with this like very inflated confidence oh. that like, I feel like between COVID and having a kid, I'm kind of like, I need to get back there. You know what I mean? Because... I was just walking into places being like, 
you need to meet me. And it's like, <laughs> now I'm a bit like, do you need to meet me? Is this really? So I think. Walking it back. That's interesting. I, uh, okay. Okay. So my, my, inter both of my inter interpretations, I was actually trying to hedge my bets here. I would say I was wrong on that then. You're, you're saying that's not an issue for you. You, in fact, have over, <laughs> overconfidence in, uh, in your creative abilities, which is fantastic. And I think that's well-earned. That's, that's, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows? You should have that. You're right. <laughs> so then my only, like the only palm reading thing I can fall back on then is that there is still a secondary fate line, which would imply you have a passion that you are carrying with you. You are not giving up on whatever that passion is, but it's also a secret passion of yours. It's something you apparently, perhaps, secretly want to do. We like secrets. Tell us a secret. <laughs> yeah. You secretly always wanted to be a cashier at a grocery store. Yes. Something I mean, like, how yeah. can I achieve it? I don't know. <laughs> it just seems so hard to get there. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a secret, but like I am trying to find a way to transition comedy. Like my life was a certain way for so long where I was like, you do as many shows as you can. You don't stop. Like I remember somebody asking me like, what is your age cutoff where if you haven't achieved ultimate success by this age, when do you give up? And I was like, that's dumb. You <laughs> never, never do that type of stuff. You just keep going. And you know, I was very much like, you should do as many shows as you can. You Every time you do a show, somebody will see you and it'll get mm -hmm. you to better shows and better opportunities and just never stop. And then I completely stopped because I had a kid. Then COVID came. And yeah. I'm trying to figure out a way for me to transition back in that isn't a way for me to, like, be doing a million shows and, like, what what is the thing that I can translate my comedy to that isn't um, the way that I was doing it before? Oh, okay. So uh, I'm, I can't explain why this secondary fate line then is coming from a place of like, I think other people might uh, not respect me for this, but I'm going to do it anyway. May maybe, this is one of those things where it simply doesn't apply to you. Uh, and, you know, the palm can only have so much information on it. Uh, so, I, okay. It, I, well, I, I, I think don't think it's then, totally wrong. Sorry to interrupt because I do okay. feel like, you know, my friends who I was doing comedy with us like before are a bit like, what do you mean? Like, this is what we do. We do shows and we go out. And like, I feel like in a weird way, they're a bit like, well, what do you mean? Like, you're not going to just like keep doing it that way. And I think the big question that like my very close comedy friends are kind of like, well, then what does that mean? What are you going to do? And I'm like, for the first time in my life, I'm like, I don't know. Back to the Saddam Hussein impressions. Probably. Yes, I think that's where it's got to go. Yeah, fall back on what works, Holly. Uh, Get me a hand <laughs> towel now, please. I love that final interpretation, Holly. I think you get a point for being a great palm reader. Oh, my God. Okay. I think that, that has got to be what it is. Uh, we can see the what I'll call the primary fate line. Like, we can see it. It's... it's it, fading out it's it's and smoothening over and it looks like it's being replaced by this other fate line uh so you are in that period of transition from one path to another 
uh, and I'm pointing it out on your palm, of course, because I, won't, I, I desperately want you to be like, he's just making this up. Like, I want you to see what, what uh, why I'm coming Okay, well, I mean, obviously you are making this up. But actually, <laughs> uh, I have a question about palm reading. And I recognize that while you are the premier palm reader to the stars, that you're not licensed. And so I do have a question for you. Now, when we spoke with Holly's husband, the funny, funny man, Joe Wengert, who had a lot of information on his palm as well, you kind of, as I recall, gave him the indication that within the next five to 10 years, the thing that he was wanting to do, that he's afraid of doing, the transition that he wants to make was going to come to fruition and going to go great guns. And he was going to make all kinds of positive changes for himself and his family. And yep. you're sort of kind of saying, the same timeline for Holly. And so I guess what I'm wondering truly, and this doesn't have to be about them specifically, but since they are married and have been that way a good long while and they are a team, do their, are their hands talking to each other? It's I guess kind of what I'm asking. <laughs> like, like, are they headed for the same kind of goal that things are going to get so much better in their creative endeavors and in their professional lives? I don't know that it's the same goal. Uh, I okay. certainly, they're going to be paralleling each other. Their success and their satisfaction with that appears to be tied together. And you, uh, you, like, you remember Joe, right? Quila? I do. Yeah. How I could do. you forget him? His particular fate line, <laughs> though, he had like a kink where he sort of reoriented. And then that reorientation is what sets him on the path to super, super success. Uh, whereas this is one path fading out. And hopping over to a different path. See, I, so, I I just wonder, speaking of kinks, if this could go the way of like a couple's massage. Like, should we be having a couple's palm reading? That's so not that a bad idea. Match <laughs> things up and see whether, or maybe it's a horrible idea. I don't know. I, or, and can we get match things up and see if they're headed to the same direction? Yes. I, I mean, I yeah, we could certainly do it that way. I Because they're already connected, like it would of course, they're. You mean in holy matrimony? Connected. Their lives are. It's connected. legally binding in this country. Yeah. I don't know what they do in Canada. What, what I'm saying is, <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's not... very loosey goosey over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Canadian geese. I've heard about them. <laughs> oh my god! It's not the other direction. It's not from the palm line to their lives. Their lives are connected, and so their palm lines will eventually parallel because they're they're connected. They're what I'm saying is that if you were to like put their two hands side by side, uh, would their uh, lines line up and like spell out oh, like a word or yes. <laughs> yeah, make yeah, a, perhaps a pictograph that we yeah. could decipher? Yeah, it'll it'll spell out the word dimple. I don't, I don't know. It'll uh, dimples. I, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I like think that... dimples. Somebody told me they're like it's like a birth defect. What well, I mean. <laughs> This okay, coveted look. thing, yeah. I mean, listen. It's, it's not Was so that person that it's a doctor defect. or in science? It's, just that, it, way, it's just that it means that in that spot on your cheek that you have no control. There's no muscle tone. There's no muscle in that spot. Got to so go it's back not to a face defect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think when you talk into speak about in relation to Joe, it's like, yeah, I do think I'm transitioning. I'm transitioning out of being like a late night comedy performer who's you know partying and it, it, it's fun it's really fun but I think I might be leaning more towards doing something in the daylight that involves more writing versus sure. performing sure and, you know and we've always heard that being a female comedian is nothing but good times 
Oh, it's so fun. And everyone's so respectful. (laughs) Every headline you see about it is like, yeah, that's the thing to do. The best opportunity. Uh, But I do recall, and again, I have to keep bringing this back to your dumb husband, and I don't want to make this the Joe show, but... uh, It just happens, trust me. (laughs) No, it's not okay. Um, But I do recall that he was moving toward more writing stuff as well. So maybe they're going to be writing partners who, you know, are amazing and awesome. And I also recall that he was going to thank us when he starts winning big awards or with, oh, wow. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, that was, that was a, a legally contracted. Yeah, yeah, thing. It's in my yeah, notes somewhere. We, yeah. Wow. I mean, uh, I think we do have a dream of sort of working together in the future. Do it. Um, his, he works on big mouth and two of the bosses there are a married couple and mm. we've always like looked up to them and been like, that looks cool. That looks fun. Be careful how you approach them because it could definitely start to sound like something other than wanting to write together. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we saw you across the bar. We really like to write together. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a good thing about Joe and I is we don't put out a strong sexual energy ever. So <laughs> I would say, well, I think that's the clip we're going to use to promote this episode. <laughs> I I definitely put up more of a sexual energy, but I feel like yeah. Joe is a uh, yeah. There's none coming from there, so that's right. well. I mean, wow. look at the size wow. of your T-bor line; it's huge, Holly. So yeah, you're putting it out line. there for sure. Well, yeah, I know. That's how, you know, it runs in my family. My aunt got Tibor and look at me. Look at you. <laughs> you got Joe. And uh, if I recall correctly, Joe had an amazing headline, didn't he? It was very, uh, we described Oh, I don't know. As... I don't pay attention during these okay. things. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> let's move on, Holly, to your headline then. I think we established then, okay, what those two um, fate lines were. W- one is fading out. One is fading in. The one that's fading in is is great it's also uh it's very straight i i like how it looks because you're still in a point of uh of transition as far as one path to the other uh the line is relatively short on your palm i don't i think we've explained why like you and i have explored why that might be the case you're just moving into it i'm sure things will change Oh, yeah, I hope so, because I do feel a little like, what's going on? Oh, so, <laughs> For your headline, uh, we established earlier that it starts intertwined with your lifeline. So again, that's between your thumb and index finger. And of the two sort of horizontal lines, it's the, the bottom of the two. It heads over towards the empty side of your palm i don't know what to call that part of your palm but opposite i your thought palm. you were a professional uh yeah i don't um, know what to call that part no. of your palm no i don't, I don't know what over that is. there you know no, what I, mean? I, I mean there, there's like palm reading and like, then this there's is like whatever the, the this mount is. of whatever and the mount of venus i i don't say those things because people don't know what that is so i don't know what to over there call. on the chicken cutlet side of things <laughs> that <laughs> is what exactly what, what it is it's like a kind of meaty the meaty side of your palm. Uh, okay, so uh, your headline, again, talks about how you handle information and make decisions. Uh, we established why your headline splits off from your lifeline very early on your palm. Uh, and from that point, uh, I, I mean, I like the way it looks. There's sort of a downward trend to it. That's not really big a big deal. Um, there aren't breaks or any, like, Parts where it looks like it's all over the place. Uh, it's it's fairly long on your palm. Um, all of that would, you know, 
talk about your your cleverness, your intelligence. You're uh, you're a very smart person. You know all of that, Holly. So oh, thank you. I don't know if I do. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the interesting things, then uh, again, this is about decisions you make in your life. Uh, your headline is pretty consistent right up to this point here, which is about halfway through. And at that point is where the two fate lines converge. That is the converging point. From that point, your headline like takes a turn. It takes a little uh, cant downward, uh, which is really interesting to me. So that would imply that those two fates we're related to a decision. We've already established that, but that's showing that it was apparently kind of a weighty decision, so much so that it changed the course of your headline to sort of bend a little bit right at that point, just illustrating that the decision that had to be made was perhaps important to you or uh, involved a lot of just like energy to come to the conclusion that you came to. So... That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that having that decision would be like maybe to have kids, you know. Yeah. I think for like, it's hard. It's hard to know when to have them. It's hard to know like what What to do with them once you do have them. (laughs) That's really the truth. And uh, yeah, you know, I think my life, it did change my life. It should change your life when you do it. I feel like if you walk into it being like nothing will change, then you're, it's, you know, an issue. But. But yeah, I think, you know, that is definitely like, that is why I'm like, I don't want to work somewhere where they're going to make me work 14 hours a day because I want right. to be present for my kid. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want her to be a parentified child. Ah, yeah. ooh. Okay. Yeah, big, cycle. yeah. Uh, okay, so then for the last thing on your headline, I look for a little uh, fork shape, uh, perhaps a snake tongue uh, symbol, if you will, at the very end of your uh, headline. That symbol, you do have it here, which I think is great. Uh, that symbol is supposed to represent indecision making that you weigh equally between what your gut tells you and what your head tells you. You check in with your, you, you do a gut check, and then you also pay attention to the facts of the situation. Uh, and so I like to see this symbol here. It's a little small on your palm, uh, which would imply perhaps you favor one of those two things. Uh, either uh, your gut reaction to something uh, or you are in your head a lot. This is, I, I, I mean, I sort of say the same thing when someone doesn't have that symbol. I feel like Joe was somebody who did not have that symbol at all. Uh, you still do the check. You still check in with what your gut is telling you on decisions uh, and, and look at the, you know, the numbers and the data and all of that. Uh, it's just a little smaller, which would imply that there's some kind of... Um, Perhaps a, how do I want to say this? <laughs> oh, um, my God. gosh. Honestly. Uh, uh, there's a, maybe a hint, a hint of a lack of confidence in your decisions. You're, you're not a thousand oh. percent, this is what I'm doing. It's sort of maybe a meandering into it. And then you're, you know, you're on board, but it's, it's not decisive. Well, here's the thing. I'm like probably one of the more decisive people. You what? Meet. Okay. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. Wait a second. Hold up. <laughs> I don't know. And we can discuss this further when we're on our girl's trip. But yeah. yes, uh, obviously, uh, I don't, I'm not convinced that you're super decisive. Honestly, I feel like it's not that you're wishy-washy. That's not, not what it. I'm saying. That's not I it. do. I do feel like there, you, you you allow a lot of emotion into what an, what could be seen as an intellectual decision. 
here's where it might get a bit interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, prepared for that. I am just very decisive and I'm actually more fact-based for a mm. lot of decisions. Um, I'm like, I'm the decision maker in the family and I'm very much like, yes, no, go, yes. Like I'm good on the those things. Maybe it's more decisions that come where somebody else's feelings might be involved. Mm, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I would yeah. say that sometimes that you make a decision and then and you feel confident about it in the moment, but then later you're like, mm-hmm, maybe second guessing a little bit. Is someone going to be okay with this? Am I going to be okay with this? And I hurt her feelings. Do I need to do this? And then you end up maybe overwhelmed by all of the maybe, even though you were decisive in the moment. Yes, I think. That's a point for me. It's a point for you. I, <laughs> I got to say, absolutely. I think, yeah, I'm very concerned about everybody else's feelings. So if it's a decision about everybody else's feelings, mm-hmm. then it's hard. But if it's a decision of like, where do we go for lunch or um, what school should your kid go to? I'm like, you know. Sometimes can, it's the same answer. It, yes. <laughs> My kid currently, we have to pick her kindergarten, and currently she wants to go to one school because she likes the name better than another school. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. And I, Joe and I, like, she was crying her eyes out. Oh, oh golly. Um, and Joe and I are just like looking at each other, and like, it's like, yeah, you can't pick something based on the name. And uh, you judge every keyboard. book by its cover. Yeah. I think that's the rule. <laughs> and the funnier part is that, like, her preschool is named after the area that we live in. Mm-hmm. Her primary school is named after the area that we live in. Mm-hmm. The middle school is named after the area we live in. And the high school is named after the area we live in. And she is already going, I already went to a school of this name. I don't need to go to more schools with this name. And I'm like, boy, you are. That Ooh. is some kind of logic right there. I'd like to see her little palm, if I you know. don't mind. I, she would be very good guest. Although, yeah, she <laughs> would be ta- asking more about unicorns and rainbows and stuff. Yeah. That's good. Weird. We like we prefer that. It's good content, quite <laughs> yeah. See, I want to connect. She wants to talk about unicorns. <laughs> it's a different level of connection. Gosh, mom. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that makes sense. I am very like worried about other people's emotions when I maybe shouldn't be. Yeah. And Agreed. I would say that then sort of all the way back to the very beginning of this palm reading. The thing we immediately, I focused on was uh, your heart line and your emotional connections to people and how you give all of them way more weight than they deserve. (laughs) I think then this speaks to that. It's just a little bit of that. It's not out of control, by the way. This isn't normally I'd be like, you know, you probably got to fix this or something. No, no, no. It's not really a problem for you. It's just something that your palm is noting for some reason, unless... Holly, is this a problem for, for you? No. I <laughs> oh, mean, oh, okay. There we go. All right. I think it helps for me to have Joe because Joe's like robotic. So I can be like, here's <laughs> something I want to run by you. And he's like, like a kid's birthday party. I'm like stressing that we didn't invite everybody from her class. And are they going to be hurt? And will like, I'm trying to avoid anyone being hurt. And mm-hmm. Joe is like, I'd be honored not to be invited to a kid's birthday party. Kids' birthday parties suck. And I don't have to buy a gift and I'm happy to not be invited. And I'm like, huh, huh. like such a different perspective. Yeah, no, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> birthday parties. It depends. Some of them do suck, but it's, yeah, but it's a good way for your kid to be out of the house and you can chat with a couple of parents. 
I mean, you could always just come back here and chat with us. That's always an option it's, for it's you. It's true. It's true. I also, if you don't feed me at a kid's birthday party, uh, watch out. That's see? Problem. <laughs> Wait, like, do you see that on her hand uh, right now? Yeah, 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 low, low blood sugar issue <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, yeah. This weird line right here. that <laughs> Over there in that knee tenderloin, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> All right. I feel like we need to, uh, I mean, to add up these points of which there are few, uh, but it's going to still, you know, it's going to take me a minute. So we're going to take just a, just a moment of a break, Holly, so I can process this real quick. And then uh, I'll let you know how you've done. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hang on a second. Okay. My goodness gracious and golly gee. Holly, hi again. Hi. Here you are with your Hollywood palm. And we have done a number on you, my dear. So in terms of, of adding up the points for today, I got to say, I have one great big one that I have won. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, I'm the winner uh, because Quitla, I don't even know where your points are. First of all, you went out of order today on her palm because she had some interesting aspects that we don't How usually. How does that make me lose points? I don't understand this system at all. Um, I think you should get a point for that. Uh, disagree. <laughs> the, and I am the arbiter. Uh, the first point that you get is for doing it right. Okay. okay. Uh, so right. you didn't. Right. <laughs> but Holly, I think, gets all the points yeah. because she is way more open and receptive and perceptive than a lot of our guests. And even her robot husband, Joe. <laughs> and you said you hadn't finished listening to his episode yet. And I am thinking back to the part where he called your daughter a burden. And I'm thinking maybe <laughs> don't finish the episode. You know, it's funny because I thought about calling her a burden. And I thought, no, <laughs> I'll get too much pushback on this one. <laughs> Well, he saw that differently. So See, I'm worried about everybody else's feelings. Yeah. But, yeah. But well, justifiably this time, I want to say. Yeah. I don't want her to listen to that podcast in a few years and be like, huh. Hmm. <laughs> well, I have been delighted to learn all about you, my dear. And I appreciate you being here so much. So Quitla, uh, there are no points this time. We're going to absolve every one of their points. We'll start fresh next time Please around. Because I love it. I do feel like uh, Holly gets more points than Joe did. But again, wow. I'm just, it's just because she's in front of me. I, I don't want this to be the Joe show. As I said, Joe Wenger, great guy. You said robotic. And one thing that he brought up during his episode was that he doesn't give two handed hugs because he's like a weird, has a weird physical disconnect of like not wanting to show emotion. I don't know. It was weird. But when we were done, I made him hug me with two arms. Just so you <laughs> well, know. He hugs me with two arms. So I does guess he? I'm Let's take yes. a closer look at that. <laughs> he does because I'm always, he's a good hugger. He is a good hugger. I'm right. not convinced of that. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he's, very, he's a very comforting hugger. So that's oh, something okay. I need sometimes when I'm like spinning around. He will like, you know, Aww. I have to ask for it, but then I, I get it. You have to ask for it. See, if Joe listens to this one, I want him to pick up on a few cues. Like, she shouldn't have to ask for the hug. Yeah, ding dong. But this, again, <laughs> not the Joe show. Holly, your dimples are adorable. Well, thank you. Your Canadianness is delightful. I feel like um, I would still like to hear your Saddam Hussein impression. And I Great. hope someday yeah. your yeah. baby blanket, whatever it might be now, comes back to you. That would be great. But I've also, you know what? You don't need it anymore. You have a you baby blanket inside of you guys. <gasps> the baby blanket was the friends we made along the <laughs> it way. Was all along. Okay. Aww, 
Camila, do you have any last thoughts for our darling here? Well, Holly, I guess I just want to know, how did the reading go for you? Did uh, Do you feel like this was, you know, like, oh, this is kind of spooky on some details? Or was it Oh, right, just... I had a Camila stack up against your yeah, all of the other psychics. Bullshit, yes. And you're going to rely on your Rochester psychics from now on. <laughs> the Rochester psychic sounds like a AAA baseball team. <laughs> Moving on. I would rate you way above the Lilydale psychics. Oh, oh, nice. Thank you. And... I really enjoyed it. I felt like emotional points. Like I was worried I was going to cry just because you guys made it sound like I was going to be like upset, oh. like that I was going to be shredded. You know what I mean? We can <laughs> but work I... on making you cry if you want. Take a note. <laughs> but I d didn't feel shredded. I felt it feels, I mean, I like to talk about myself. I feel like most people do enjoy that. Yeah. yeah so I feel like I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very interesting and I like, yeah, I hope that that's like, that there is kind of the shifts coming and changing because mm -hmm. I feel like that's what's definitely needed for me anyways. Awesome. Well, I think they definitely have to be. I feel like you're the kind of person, and I don't say this lightly, you're the kind of person that deserves to be, to have, have happy, have happy come to you. Oh, well, thank you. I feel the it. same way about you guys. Oh, you know? Molly, thanks. Oh, <laughs> thank you very much, Holly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Now take that Hollywood palm and go slap the universe with it. <laughs> I will. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Hollywood Palms. Please rate and review the show with five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends. And if you didn't like the show, you could just keep that to yourself. If you want to know more, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash Hollywood Palms. Subscribe to the various tiers to hear exclusive episodes and learn about other premium options, including getting a personal reading by Quitla. Hollywood Palms is produced by Rob Beals. Our logo designed by the talented David Polston. Music by the delightful Miguel Garcia-Hool. Hollywood Palms is a Genius Royale production.